Welcome to Lab Life with the Air Force Research Laboratory. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Kenneth. Today we are joined by Nick Ripplinger, the president of Battlesite Technologies. His teams make glow-in-the-dark crayons and aren't afraid to fail fast and move on. In three, two, one. Well, listeners, for the first time ever, we're going to kick off the podcast with a hoorah. Hoorah! Is that right? Yeah, close. Okay. <laughs> we're here with Nick Ripplinger of Battlesite Technologies. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having us. It's awesome. We've been love following your success and listening to the show, so it's pretty surreal being on. It's pretty awesome to see the workshop here. Can you kind of describe the space we're sitting in, kind of what the production looks like right now? Yeah, so um, we're kind of sitting on top of each other because we've seen some pretty big growth in 2019, but we've got a full about 60 feet worth of production line for the Kratak product line. We've got an R&D lab. We've got a uh, prototyping area for our Nightfall product line, and we're sitting in our office at a conference table. Uh, we also heard this conference table has a unique history. Can you kind of go into that as well? Yeah, so when we first started Battlesite in uh, 2017, early 2018 time, we started off in a co-working uh, shared place that the Air Force owned the other half of, so it was pretty nice being you know in the same room as your customer most of the days. But this table is uh, where we laid all the groundwork and got everything lined up to kind of see the growth that we've had. And so we had the opportunity to purchase the table. It's kind of a must-have for us. Absolutely. It's a very nice table, too, so it's cool to see it's able to go with you guys Yeah, to continue that story. Exactly. So, I don't know. Like, so, being in the military, you always focus on your history and where you came from, so this is kind of a way to do that here in our business. So let's talk about that. Um, we got the who rise out of the way, but you're, you're, you're an Army veteran, yeah. right? And what was your life like in the service? What did you do within the Army? Yeah, so I loved my time in the Army. I feel like it kind of got cut short. Got injured in 2009 and medically retired in 2011. But the majority of my time was spent overseas between Europe, Iraq, Afghanistan. Um, And I worked for NATO and just got to, you know, travel the world and make sure nobody killed the boss. So uh, with that experience then, uh, you kind of touched on um, a lot of the products you're working on here, a lot of uh, recovery-related products. Um, How has that influenced you building products for the warfighter? Yeah, so I think, you know... The field time and the combat time and the training time in the military really has, like, we were able to carry that voice of customer into battle site. You know, we've deployed, I don't know, four or five times. I had foot lockers of stuff that we never opened. Like, we just took worthless gear downrange. And so kind of one of our, you know, mantras, if you would, is we don't want to develop anything that the warfighters aren't actually going to use. So we want to save weight and waste and time and actually provide a valuable product that's going to make these warfighters' lives easier. You know, the reason we're at Battlesite Technologies this today is because your company has taken an, uh, an Air Force and Air Force Research Laboratory developed, you know, idea and patent, and you've licensed it. And how did that happen, and, and what, are you, what are you doing with that license? Yeah, so uh, without AFRL, there wouldn't be a Battlesite. If we're just being honest with you. So Dr. Larry Brott out of RX, the Materials and Manufacturing Directorate, got some funding to develop this writable chem light. Um, it was a problem we were having while I was downrange as well. So it's kind of cool to see the whole story come together. But really partnering with AFRL and licensing that technology is what propelled Battlesite. And not even just the license aspect, but when we hit some technical challenges, we went back to AFRL said, hey, we can't figure this out. We're having some issues with a specific problem. And then we executed a CRADA, or a Cooperative Research and Development effort, 
and then to continue that relationship. So we had a contractual relationship for free flow of information that really propelled the product to be what it is today. And, and when you talk about the technology, um, if I simplify it, what it, what it looks like to me is like a, a, maybe a, a crayon or stick that um, I can go right on this wall right now. And if I turn out the lights and I had night vision goggles, it actually glows and I can see what I, what I wrote. Absolutely. It's the, the core of the technology is chemiluminescence. Like you would think of in any traditional glow stick that you break and shake and it glows. So we micro encapsulate one of those chemicals. So it's put in millions of tiny little water balloons, if you would, into the stick. It's paraffin based. So it is exactly like a crown. I, I always joke. I make crowns for a living and, <laughs> you know, the responses are hilarious but yeah so it's a way just to communicate in low light no light tactical situations while remaining invisible to the enemy you touched a little bit on the application but what would be some direct ways that you know from your experience in the field that you would have used this crayon i guess yeah so i think the use cases have expanded a lot over the last couple years since we've been out prototyping and doing field testing it was originally designed for that close quarters combat mission where you're going to go kick in a door and go room by room or kill or capture whoever needs killed or captured. And right now we leave a chem light. And then once the whole facility is locked down, we come back in reverse, grab up all the intel and leave another chem light. But chem lights, thanks to gravity, fall to the ground. They roll under things. And we're wasting a lot of time looking for these where now we can just mark at eye level. When we first started off, we thought that was kind of the only use case. But now the medics are talking about how they can use it to triage a patient under blackout conditions so they're not turning on white lights and giving away their location. EOD guys, the bomb disposal guys, are using it to breadcrumb their way into a potential IED site so they know what's the safe path to go. And the thing I love the most about getting out in the field and talking to these guys is everybody has their own little twist on how they can use it. And it's the use case has just expanded significantly over the last 24 months. And how much does this actually save on in comparison to using traditional chem lights? Yeah, so the one Kratak gives you about 2,000 linear feet of writing, and we kind of equate that to 1,000 chem lights, because if you think of like doing an X for two chem lights, yeah. on average you're going to write like 12 to 18 inches, so that's how we kind of calculated that. That is a lot. So you're saving some weight too for our guys. Yeah, so one Kratak weighs less than two traditional chem lights, so compare about you know, carrying a thousand chem lights to basically the weight of two. Yeah, that's, that's significant. When um, our, you know, our service members' packs are already really, really heavy. <laughs> yeah, that's like uncomfortably heavy. Like, and then you start thinking about like the long-term care issues of back problems and knee problems that are all funded through the VA that any weight that we can reduce, you know, has this, you know, massive multiplier effect down the road. Sure. And how, how did you come to hear about our, our our scientist technology that was available for licensing. Yeah, so that was you know a phenomenal relationship we had within the community with the Entrepreneur Center. Um, the president of the Entrepreneur Center, Scott Corndike, actually brought this technology to us, knowing my background, and he thought it'd be a good fit. We fell in love with it and picked it up and ran with it. And can you talk about some like the process of like what what did running with it mean? Like yeah, there's there's a process you apply or. So that was, you know, interesting, um, never doing this before in my life and never, like, we heard about it one day and then that afternoon we went to go at, execute and, like, let's go figure out how to do this. Um, so luckily we got partnered up with uh, Sunita, who was amazing. She was kind of like the license agent or 
yeah, her title's Orta, but... Yeah, she helps with her text transfer. Yeah, yes. exactly. And she was a total rock star during the process um, and walked us through baby steps. She, you know, the Air Force has certain due diligence they have to do on a potential company that's going to take their tech. They want to make sure that that company's going to be successful. We needed to do some due diligence on our end to really understand the state of the technology. And it was honestly a fairly seamless process. It took about six months back and forth with documents and reviews and meetings and really just understanding from both sides what it looked like. And then we went back um, earlier this year to go get another license, and that got done in like two months because we've already been through the process. So, Wow, that's fast. Yeah, yeah that's it was very fast. And again, we worked with Sunita on that because it was coming out of the Manufacturing and uh, Materials Directorate. And I think, you know, anything in business is all based off relationships. And I think we were able to prove some, you know, minor success with the Craytac that it seems like a no-brainer for the Air Force and for Battlesite to kind of expand the product line that way. Yeah, and, and from our perspective, the Air Force cares because we're not in the business of manufacturing glow-in-the-dark crayons for, yeah. for a better word, you know. And not totally glow-in-the-dark, I guess glow-in-the-dark if you have night vision yeah. goggles. That, that's the, the real differentiator because you have to have that to, to see the technology and, and what's, what's been marked or cleared or whatever message that you're using using the, the technology for. Absolutely. And touching on those partnerships, um, so we, after walking through the workshop, saw a multitude of other uses for a lot of this, like uh, the IR powder. So how are you using this to help save and recover airmen who may be lost at sea or beyond? Yeah, so we've taken the core chemistry of the Kratak and turned it into an IRC dye marker. So we just got back from Japan a couple weeks ago um, out at Kadena Air Force Base, and we're doing some testing. got some phenomenal results. But kind of touch on the partnerships is... We participate in Tech Warrior, which is ran by the Cyber Office a lot. Like we try to hit every one of them, and the relationships that come out of there, and how we can incorporate, you know, some of our other technologies into existing products. That you know, an edge protection system, for instance, that is saving people's lives by not tearing up their ropes. But if they're doing mountaineering at night, you know, can we make that glow so they can see their rope and make sure it's in the right place? Just working with other companies on how we can, you know, pull their technology and our technology and make, you know, a superior product for these warfighters who are putting everything on the line. And are these companies that reach out to you then, or do you kind of find these products, like you mentioned, saying, hey, we, we can help this? I'd say it's a mixed bag, to be honest with you. We've definitely re- <clears throat> reached out to some companies, and some other companies have reached out to us. And if it's a good fit, like, just lower your head and run through that brick wall and figure out how to make it. That's phenomenal. So uh, some of the products we saw then, I, I kind of mentioned recovery uh, in the ocean, but you have, uh, if I understand correctly, there's a sea dive that already exists and you guys have augmented? Or Yeah, so there's a daylight sea dive marker um, that dives the water around the ocean for about 45 minutes, and it's great, and it works phenomenally well in daylight conditions, but you can't see it at night. And, so, and when would the sea dive user be... Er, CDI um, pack be used? Yeah, so if a pilot or air crew has to punch out of an airplane, or unfortunately, you know, they have a tendency of crashing airplanes from time to time. So when an incident like that happens, and, you know, these airmen are, are out on the water, they can deploy the CDI and hopefully, you know, speed up that recovery time. And really, time is of the essence. It's really the difference between rescue or recovery. And we obviously, we want to rescue these guys and not recover. Absolutely, because you said the the current product out there that um, our forces are using, it lasts about 45 minutes and it can only be seen in the the daytime. So that's really not, depending where you are in an ocean, that's really not a a lot of time to to find someone. Exactly. So with our 
when we took that chemistry and created the Nightfall product line, we're providing eight hours of infrared light that can be visible during the day with filters or at night through night vision goggles. Um, working with the 7-Elevens right now on some augmented rescue vision type system. So then it could be cameras that's drone based and the more assets you have, just the faster you're going to find these people. So you're working with the human performance wing to, to make it more than just like you or I's visual eyes looking for something that you would have technology augment that search and specifically look for this bioluminescent Exactly. Product. And you can, you know, basically, I'm not a software guy, so I don't really understand what the 7-Eleven's doing, but it's pretty cool when you get to see it. Absolutely. That they've got it coded so it will tag the specific frequency and throw up a signal on this machine. So you can be like half asleep and this thing will start ringing bells and say, hey, IP found. That's wild. And going along those lines then, I'm kind of talking about the work you've done with other companies, working with the Air Force through Cyber. Um, what has really helped Battlesite stick out? Like what has helped make you guys unique outside of just obviously the amazing products you've talked about? Yeah, I think there's a couple different things. I think the best thing that Battlesite's ever done is the team that we built around us. From the technicians to the rest of the leadership team at Battlesite has been huge. But I think honestly the relationships, you know, Kind of with my background, we can walk into a team room with a bunch of SEER guys and pitch them an idea. And we can go out and execute based off their feedback, or we can solicit other problems that they're having. This whole Nightfall product line came together while we were demoing the Kraytac, and they asked us, hey, can you float this on water? I said, I have no clue. Let's go get a beaker of water. We'll see what, we'll <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and we got some minor successes um, that day in the lab, and we were able to win a phase one at the first pitch day up in New York. That transitioned to a phase two, and then last month we were out in Okinawa testing a system on the ocean. So it's, I think, you know, our speed, relationships, and then the team we have around us is what makes us unique. And if you're bringing SEER specialists, so SEER specialists are survival, evasion, resistance, and escape specialists within within our forces. So, you know, they're the ones that are ultimate, they're the warfighter that's going to use this product. So you're getting direct feedback from them about what, what they need and, Absolutely. or ideas about applications of your product because you might start out with a Craytech and have one application but you're showing that the same sort of technology that um, you know AFRL developed can be applied in different different ways but they're thinking about it differently. Absolutely and I think the another thing that we do really well here is we don't develop anything without an end customer's input so we bring in these operators and these end users to tell us what's working right what sucks, what needs to be modified, how can we make this better to meet more of their needs, and uh, which kind of ties into those relationships as well. Yeah, so it's very hands-on, where like every step of the process, you want to make sure they're fully aware of what they're getting. Absolutely, and we want their input, right? Because I don't want to have that footlocker, and they're like, oh, we're not not taking this out on mission. Yeah, we want them. this, so. <laughs> no, that, that makes perfect sense. Well, you've been, you've been there. I mean, you're, you're a veteran and you saw combat and you're applying it. I think, I don't know, I've, I feel sometimes some of the, the heart that you speak with, like when you gave us the tour, but like, this is about bringing someone home to their their family. You know, the, the C marker, you were saying, you know, there's instances where someone ejected from their plane and they're out there, we're searching for them and you miss them because hypothermia set in before before we could save them but you hope that your product brings up you know it gives us those minutes or those hours you know to get someone home faster absolutely i think it's i mean that's the whole goal right we want to make our guys more lethal and we want to keep them safer and make sure that they're never in a fair fight and that we're always in a position to win whether that's finding a down pilot whether that's doing that close quarters combat 
whether that's signaling to make sure that there's no fratricide for friend foe identification, just kind of anything in that IR space that's going to make these guys' lives easier. An example for um, a lot of the warfighters out there, you did mention that you were working on, uh, was it actually having ID tags on the, uh, like, either onto their t- kits that you could actually see in IR or augmenting that so you could see it at night? Yeah, so the cold fire powder, the uh, second, you know, batch of patents we licensed from RX, the whole initial intent was friend or foe identification. And much like the Kratak, the mission use has kind of really expanded when we've been out kind of talking to end users and soliciting feedback. But, yeah, I mean, just knowing who's who on the battlefield, um, you can Google, you know, air footage or airstrike footage, and everybody looks the same on the ground, right? It's just picking up the thermal images and now really knowing who to shoot and who not to shoot really at the end of the day like you mentioned absolutely and we took some of the cold fire powder the your second kind of licensing opportunity with the air force right and we we took it into your your dark room over here and it's just this little little plastic um vial and it's just glowing yeah uh, when we put on the night vision goggles so you're actually taking that powder putting it onto different films or something or coatings to 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 make shapes and, and words and or just outlines yeah know? it's so cool. really probably one of our most versatile products because we can injection mold it we can lay it in film we can put it in tape we can put it in paint it's really not a form factor that we can't put this in um i know we saw some like you even had um almost like light sticks or glow sticks that you can actually uh, put uv light over and those glow i mean it lit up the dark room that acrylic, it has so much powder in there, and the acrylic really reflects the light well that you can light up a room. Yeah, the powder itself, like I didn't realize how many uses it would have. I would assume it would be stuck to the chalk, or again, maybe something like lying tape, but I had no idea that it could be that versatile. Yeah, I mean, it's massive, and it's you know super excited, exciting to continue that relationship with AFRL and continue that relationship with some of our end users and really get this out in the field. So kind of touching on that point then, um, speaking of the powder and beyond, uh, what does the future of Battlesite Technologies look like for you guys? Yeah, so we spend a lot of time flipping through the IP portfolio of the Air Force and other DOD labs and really looking for that next thing that's sitting on the shelf that could impact a warfighter tomorrow. And how can we take that out of these labs, rapidly commercialize it, productize it to improve the, you know, the men and women's lives? So do you have any message to other people that might want to do the same thing you're doing yeah i think you know there's there's so many great ideas and so many just wildly smart people that are in these labs doing research and developing and inventing that there's no shortage of great ideas out there so i think if you know you're an established business looking to grow your product line there's an opportunity to interact with the labs or if you're like me who you know you want to start a business you want to make an impact but you're not a scientist so this is a way that you can kind of you know, beef up your IP portfolio and have the fundamental research to go productize something. And something that um, I wanted to mention to you as well, looking on your uh, on the website, I saw that you have written a book. Yeah. So, so that um, was fun. <laughs> there's the frontline leadership, um, kind of what military strategies um, do you use that are kind of what this book covers? Do you uh, have to help you be a better leader here in the workspace, or at least have you told other people? Yeah, you know, I think... Um, you know, Chris, our COO, and myself, we reference our past experiences far more than we do our MBAs or undergrads or anything like that. And so, really, I wrote that book for these transitioning service members to say, hey, you have all these transitional skills. Like, let's write a book at the third grade level, 
so everybody can comprehend it and because that's about as good as a level i can write and tell these funny stories and then that you know almost anybody in the military can relate to and then how can you apply that into the business world or leadership role and like hopefully it can help transitioning veterans tell their story in a way that can make them more marketable Absolutely. That was, um, you mentioned a writing book's not an easy process. So, what'd that kind of look like? Uh, we wrote the whole book in six weeks. Six I won't weeks. lie. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, the process we went out, we interviewed a couple publishers, we got a couple offers, and decided to go with one. Then, we took a week off to celebrate, like, hey, I got this publishing deal. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, then it was like, oh my God, now I have to actually write this book. So, it was a very fast process. It's uh very short chapters we want to just keep it super light and fun read like so many business books like the author wants to show how smart they are and how superior they are so like when i'm reading a business book i usually have a dictionary next to me trying to figure out what this person's saying <laughs> just gotta make sure yeah so we just try to do something a little different on that and you said this has directly fed back in your products and kind of the philosophy of battlesite yeah it's a hundred percent it's kind of like our guiding principles here you know, i've had the privilege of serving with some great leaders that i learned so much from and i had the unfortunate experience that serving with some leaders that weren't so great but i think those leadership lessons were even more impactful that i just wanted to make sure that you know we built the culture right and we take care of our people my whole goal which is not realistic but is to have zero voluntary turnover here from technicians all the way up to you know my role and everywhere in between so something we preach here and we actually you know try to do everything we can to keep our people happy absolutely from what i see from the team what we've heard it sounds like you have a very good family here almost people it is very well together yeah it's we have a lot of fun there's definitely bad days as science after all like <laughs> certain stuff just doesn't work but you know we're not afraid to fail and we're not afraid to empower our people to fail because knowing what works is great but knowing what doesn't work is also great so i can't make progress without a a few missteps on the way yeah absolutely so kind of our motto here is fail fast and then move on to the next one then to get it to work or fail fast again so we can move on to the third one exactly it's kind of the life of r&d i guess absolutely yeah no that, that puts it very well um so the last question we usually have for folks then as we kind of wrap up is um if you have a, a favorite piece of air force technology or a favorite our researcher that may have inspired you or maybe even something you've worked on something you'd like to promote yeah so i think you know, it's. I thought long and hard about this, so thank you for giving me this question in advance. Um, there's just so many researchers out there. I don't think I've met a researcher at AFRL that I don't like instantly fall in love with. Whether it's a computer scientist who's talking about stuff that I can't comprehend, or whether it's Larry Brott sitting out on our whiteboard drawing out the chemistry so I can comprehend it, there's just everybody there is amazing. But I think, you know, when you look at our airframes, and like the F-35s and some of this new high-tech technology is just, it's amazing the capabilities that we have as a country. And the majority of that's coming out of these labs and these manufacturing partners and R&D partners. I just, the whole ecosystem, I guess, is my favorite thing in the world right now. Thank you so much for meeting with us today. No, thanks for your time. Appreciate you guys coming and stopping by and visiting. Yeah, of course. Keep up the good work, keeping our men and women safe and getting home. Thank you. Make sure to follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube at AF Research Lab. And remember, stay curious. Logging off.